Lots of tears are shed Lots of hearts are broken Just because Words are spoken Words like darling And I What you do So if you love me Show me now Words mean nothing Anyhow Then I'll know, dear Each time Silent, so your heart can speak. So if you love me, show me now. Words mean nothing. So hey guys, welcome back to Napalm and Friends. And this week I am joined by an artist who is the jack of all trades. She sings, she plays guitar, she sews, she is Zochi Shirts. So thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. I know life has been absolutely hectic on your end, so thank you so much. I'm actually really flattered that you asked me to be on this. <laughs> I'm absolutely honored. It's like you've been sharing a ton of music online, which we'll get to in a bit. And like for that reason alone, I was like, oh, I, I need to hold you hostage for a bit. <laughs> so I think it's clear that you are absolutely talented and you know, you create music, clothing and so much more. But before we get into your creative endeavors, how exactly did you find rock and roll? Oh, that's actually really funny. Um, my parents are huge music fans. Like, and my mom was really into punk, like the Ramones and the Dickies. And my dad really loved Iggy Pop and David Bowie and stuff like that, Talking Heads. So I grew up with all of that. It was kind of just always around when I was a kid. Mm. So then around what age did you really start exploring music for yourself? I've always been really passionate about music. Like as a kid, I remember being really annoying to kids who would come play with me. Um, I remember there was this, there's this 80s band called Naked Eyes and they do that funny song that's on, uh, I think it was a Best Buy commercial, always something there to remind me. Their whole album is really, really good. And I remember my parents had it and I became obsessed with it. And I would have friends come over to play and I would be like, wait, 
before we go out to play, you have to listen to this song. And I would like force them to listen to songs before I would go out and play with them. And I could tell they were just like so bored and like, what the hell is wrong with this girl? I just want to go play kickball or something. I was like, you got to listen to this song. So I think I've always been really passionate about music. And even like in middle school, I kind of phased out of like what my parents listened to and started listening to like hip hop music. I was really into like that early 2000s, like hip hop, like Ja Rule and Ashanti and stuff like that. (laughs) And I was still really passionate about that too. I remember like saving all my money to buy CDs and I had a huge CD collection. And yeah, I don't know, music has always just been something that I really loved. That's amazing. So then where was that transition of just like loving certain albums, artists, and just listening to them religiously to picking up guitar? But before, did you pick up the guitar first or the, I might butcher this, um, the marimba, marimba? Um, so I played the marimba first. So with Healing Gems, um, everything I've played has been self-taught. And even with the marimba, none of us really knew how to play it, but we just got our hands on a marimba. Somebody asked us if we could store it for them. Um, And so we just had it and we kind of messed around with it. And I would like, I think I'm a pretty quick learner. So I was able to pick it up pretty easily. Um, But I did have a lot of help from uh, Jared from Healing Gems because he didn't really know what he was doing either, but he somehow figured it out and help me out with that (laughs) and i will say um i will be adding links to the description of this episode to the healing gems which we'll talk more on and then as well as uh the mail order cowgirls which is another band that you that you were in um so whoever's listening go ahead and click on those links because it's well worth your time so then how did the guitar come about it's guitar ukulele i mean i'm not quite sure how many instruments you play yeah so I tried to play guitar several times before I actually played the guitar. That sounds weird, but <laughs> but I tried to pick it up a lot of times and I just couldn't like, I couldn't figure it out. My fingers and my brain were not working properly. I couldn't connect the two. And um, so my sister who is extremely talented. She actually played in Mail Order Cowgirls with me. She helped me start Mail Order Cowgirls Girls and she's actually probably like, she's the person who's encouraged me to step out of my shyness and play music. Um, so she had a ukulele. She plays a ukulele too and she was like, well, ukulele is kind of like guitar. It can help you figure out what to do with your fingers and build those muscles and you can make the connection with your brain. And then eventually you'll be able to pick up any other string instrument and it'll be easier for you. So that's what I did. And I played ukulele for maybe a year and a half before I picked up a guitar again. And then I was like, wow, this is so much easier.
favorite pastime Making me blue Last week was the last time Tell her 
I'm heading back to Georgia now, and I'm humming a Georgia tune. I'm gonna find that gal and make her mine beneath that same old moon, and then we'll dance to the Georgia rain. I'm feeling sad. I'm looking bad. But till I'm gone, I'm gonna mow. You'll be sorry by and by. Oh, 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 how much you suffered. Boo, how I cried over you. I can't see why you're so mean to little old me, and now I got the was the first band, right? Yeah. How exactly did that band come about? Or how did you come about into that band? So all of us were just um, kind of like a group of best friends. Like we would party together a lot, hang out together. Um, I remember spending entire summers at Michael's house, the drummer, because um, he had a pool and his parents were chill. So we would just like, spend most of our time there. I think every single day, at least two of us were together. And um, we all loved music, went to shows a lot. We actually had a band before Healing Gems called uh, Godard Girls. And it was basically all of us in Healing Gems, but a different lineup. Like I played drums, Trish played bass, Jared played guitar, and Michael played the omnichord. Um, Edgar wasn't in that though, but uh, we, the boys started their own band and um, one day they threw a generator show at 
Echo Park Rising at the park. And me and Trish were kind of drunk and they had a bunch of um, percussion and stuff. So we were like, oh, can we play with you guys for fun? So they said, sure. So we were playing like maracas and all kinds of random things. And then the next day they had another show and they were like, hey, do you girls want to join the band? And then we were like, all right, sure. <laughs> so then we played the rest of the shows for Echo Park Rising with them. And then after that, we started practicing with them and doing uh, more singing, like backup vocals and stuff like that. Um, and then that's when the marimba came along. <laughs> nice. What were other names that you guys considered actually naming the band? Were there any like runner ups? Um, they hadn't already named the band before I joined, so, but I do know that it was a joke name and it was from a Instagram hashtag and it ended up sticking. I think it just kind of got too late for them to change the name after having like already a bit of a following. Oh, that's fair. So after or during your time, like wh- where did uh, the mail order cowgirls come about? Um, that was something I had been toying with since maybe 2018. Cause I got really, really into old country music from like the forties to the sixties. Mm-hmm. And um, I really liked singing it and I was like well I wish I could be in a band where I just like kind of sing and so Bianca um she plays guitar in Mail Order Cowgirls she um her and I were in contact about making a country band because she also liked old country and we kind of just talked about practicing here and there but then never got around to it and then one day I had like awful terrible day (laughs) and I went to my sister's house and we were drinking some wine and I had some she was like you know what like why don't we just like write some songs to make you feel better come on let's just play some music and I was like sure all right let's see what we can do and I had already written like a few a few uh lines for something so I was like, well, can we try to play something country? And she said, sure. So she started playing some stuff on the guitar. And then I started singing some of the lines that I had written. And then we actually ended up writing the first Mail Order Cowgirl song that day called Pining, which is um, actually Tumbleweed Sessions did like a little intimate uh, acoustic performance thing with that. Um, but that was our very, that was the very first song that we wrote. Um, and from there, it just kind of took off. I asked Bianca if she wanted to play. And then Eric from The Premonitions, he grew up with my sisters. So we've known him for like ever. And he was down to play drums. So it all just kind of fell together really easily, actually. And that was the end of 2019. And I do want to say to the listeners, um, for the Tumbleweed session, I will also be including a link to that in the description of this episode. So you guys can go ahead, click through after listening to this episode and give the Mail Order Cowgirls a listen because it's pretty sweet. Um, so then 
Okay, so to tie into something that we were talking about before we started recording, you were saying that, you know, you are incredibly shy. So how is it that you're able to, you know, work through your shyness and be able to perform? I mean, that's not easy. Thank God for like, beginning with Healing Gems, I think, because there were so many of us on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I just kind of felt like it was easier <laughs> having all those people on stage because I was actually watching like this Bob Dylan documentary with my boyfriend the other day and I was they were showing performances of his in these huge sold out places and he's all by himself and I was like holy shit I couldn't I would throw up if I was <laughs> if I had to do something like that how is he not so nervous but um I think just playing music with my friends, people who I'm really comfortable with. Like Bianca's my best friend. Like my sister is my best friend. Everyone in Healing Gems, like we've all had very close bonding moments. I've been close to all of them separate times, like for a long time. Um, so I think it's just being in a comfort zone with my buddies. <laughs> Fair. All right. I mean, because I mean, when you told me that you were shy and, you know, like you are more of an introvert, I was like, you could have fooled me because I mean, you just seem so comfortable on stage, but it makes sense having the, like your your best friends around you to kind of bring you that comfort in order to perform. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes I watch videos and I'm like, man, I look so boring up there, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> So you mentioned uh, that you had a couple of lines written and you were playing with your sister. I wanted to get into what your writing process was like. So uh, how, how does that go exactly? Yeah, it's really weird. Um, so I always kind of think of lyrics all the time and I have a million notebooks and my notes in my phone are filled with just random one or two lines or maybe like a whole verse of songs um and then before i could play any instrument my sister she went to school for music and so i would sing a song to her and she would find out what the chords were and then i would know what it was and then we would go from there but I used to write songs with just melodies, but I didn't know what the chords were. So I would like have a whole song written out where I would like sing something with a whole melody, but there was like no music behind it. It's like a very weird way to write. <laughs> um, but now I kind of just will play something if I think it sounds cool on the ukulele or guitar and I like it. Then I'll kind of go through my book and see what I have that can fit into that song. And if there's nothing, then sometimes then I'll just start fresh and write something new. Um, but yeah, that's basically how I do it. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. So it seems like there's always like music going on in your head, like just 24 seven, that there's something going on, either a tune, lyrics, or just your favorite song or album. Yeah, I do think yeah, it's really weird. Like, I'll hear something and I'll just be like, oh, that would be a good lyric. Or I'll say, I'll be talking to people. Um, the older I get, I feel like 
with my closer friends, I talk a lot about like mental health and like things like that. And I feel like I'll say something or they'll say something and I'm like, oh, that would be a really good lyric. <laughs> like, let me take note for it and let me take note of that. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I do also want to get into, I mean, besides you being just a natural musician, you do have an eye for fashion. I remember following the mail order cowgirls in the early days and how you were saying it's like, well, what about this design for a little, uh, like a flag, I believe? Oh yeah, the little pennant for like a uh, merch. <laughs> so you, like specifically with the mail order cowgirls, you guys have like such a like curated look, like there's thought and effort in every little aspect that you guys piece together. So if you can like walk us through what exactly you think when you're thinking of like piecing together an outfit or like just the photo shoots that you guys do. Um, so with outfits like for shows and stuff, normally um, I'm very fortunate that Bianca and Eric and Ashley, they're all very like, they're all really into fashion. We all love vintage stuff. So that's nice and helpful. Usually we'll just base things off of like a color. So I'm like, okay, let's wear burgundy today. Or, and I'm really into doing the whole um, complimentary color scheme. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's pretty much just like, we'll tell each other what colors or I'll try on like a million different combinations of outfits and then like take pictures of which ones I like the most and then I'll send it to Bianca and then she'll say which one she likes the most and then she'll base her out outfit off of that. Um, and Eric will just tell him what color to wear. <laughs> no, so that's fantastic. Like, you guys definitely mean it's not missed, at least on my end, when I see that you guys have posted photo shoots, I'm like, that takes time and effort to kind of like coordinate all that. Not only just like curating one outfit, but coordinating it takes time and effort. So, I mean, my hat off to you guys. Yeah, I also have like so many clothes, so many freaking clothes because I'm like addicted to thrift shopping. And so that also is helpful because I'll just bring a bunch of different clothes to photo shoots for the girls to share with me. And we'll all just go through everything and try things on. Um, and it's always really fun. It's just like playing dress up. I I mean I'm also a big fan of thrifting. Like what is it that catches your eye like when you're sh when you're out shopping like what is it that you think like this is what I need to take home? Um that's actually a really good question because I just recently started being like Sochi if you don't absolutely love it so much leave it behind because but on my move to Nashville, I had to get rid of so much stuff because I would thrift shop so often. And it was really hard for me to part with a lot of it. Um, I got rid of so much vintage clothes because anytime I would find something vintage, even if it wasn't my size, I would buy it. And I, I sold some stuff on Etsy and I eventually wanted to have like a um, brick and mortar just because I love vintage so much. And I was like, oh, that's such a fun job, just thrifting or going to estate sales and then just reselling it. With thrifting, I kind of look at fabrics. I don't really go through every single item. 
Um, I kind of just look for fabrics that seem vintage or have a cute um, pattern on it. And then, then I'll look at it and see if I like it or not. But I haven't found anything good at thrift stores in a while, actually, because I think everyone is doing the whole buying and reselling thing. So it's kind of hard to find good stuff these days. Oh, yeah. I I feel you as far as the whole, when I had moved to Washington and then back to California, I didn't realize how much clothes I had either. I didn't have it in me to like part ways with it. And there's stuff that like doesn't fit me where I'm just like, I can't like, one day I will, or like one day I'll, I'll like make adjustments. Yeah, I did that for years and I was like, finally like, okay, bitch, you need to get rid of it. <laughs> I, What's your um, Etsy shop called? I mean, do you still have clothes on there? I don't have it anymore because I I sold all my stuff in like a big lot to um, Tokyo. What's that place? It's in Little Tokyo. Oh, um, they have like a little rocket. I know exactly what Yeah, they're... yeah, yeah. What the hell is it called? <gasps> Anyways, I just sold them all my clothes. What is it? Space City Vintage. Yeah, Space City. Yeah. I just sold it all to them for like a fraction of what I probably would have made if I sold it online. But I just needed to get rid of it, honestly. <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, but maybe, I don't know. I'm hoping that the thrift shopping gets a little bit easier and like people stop kind of like gou- price gouging. I know, happens. me too. And thrift stores in Nashville are awful. Not even the home goods section is good. There's like nothing vintage anywhere. Like the most, the oldest things you'll find are like from the 80s. Oh, no way. I would have thought like Nashville would like have a good like thrifting scene. I don't know. I guess that was just me. Okay. I thought I was going to walk into a Goodwill and it was going to be like all these cute ass Western clothes and cowboy boots and hats. And it was like none of that at all. (laughs) And then... You know, to kind of go back to a conversation that we were having before we started recording, that transition from the LA music scene to the Nashville music scene, like, there's definitely a shock there. I don't know if that's something that you would want to, like, elaborate on, but I mean, it is two different worlds. Yeah, it's entirely different. So in Los Angeles, you have bands, like real bands, people who meet up and practice regularly and play shows, people go to see your band. And in Nashville, you're basically just playing for a bunch of tourists. All the musicians are, not all, but a lot of them are technically trained and they're all amazing, like super, super talented musicians. But it doesn't seem like there's much of a passion for the music, they all just play covers. They're all the same cover songs. It's like the same 30, 40 musicians in different lineups at all the honky-tonks all day long. Um, it just really seems like it's all about money. People rarely play original tunes, which I thought that it would be totally different, honestly. I mean, I love going out and two-stepping and hearing like, the old Hank Williams and Johnny Cash and Ernest Tubb songs. But also it just kind of, I don't know, I just feel kind of sad for the musicians, honestly, because I feel like, you know, they started out really passionate about music. Like, what happened? That's fair, yeah. No, that's definitely a shock. Um, 
And then to kind of emphasize to the listeners, uh, you obviously write your own music. So for all, all the more reason to go check out your music, <laughs> again, linking in the, in the description of this episode. So there's no excuses. It's over, there's 
nothing that's left now to see. Anita, you're dreaming, and I know it's better this way. Anita, come closer and close your pretty blue eyes. Your young dreams just can't be, and somehow you must realize that each time you're with me, my conscience reminds me of someone who's waiting alone. Anita. left now to say Anita you're dreaming and I know it's better this way
pure in Minnesota, I'll be there too. You'll have a million chances to start anew because my love is endless for you. what we have we have to learn to live with a good and bad together we were happy apart we're sad this loneliness is driving me mad my heart cries for you to this next question that I've been asking everyone across the board is if you had to explain to a Martian who has zero concept about life on earth, how would you describe to the Martian what you do? Yeah, so I've been thinking about that question and it's so hard to answer. Like I could not come up with any answer. I'm just like thinking, I don't know, I make noises. <laughs> I make things that cover people's bodies. <laughs> yeah, pretty solid. Um, I do know that that was a pretty hard question. I didn't realize how hard it was until I started asking um, guests and recording with them. Pretty interesting response. Have been of the same like oh <laughs> answer. No, but it's interesting though. It's like everyone just has the same concept where it's like you pick up like inanimate objects and you make noises out of it, and like people come and watch you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's just, that's essentially what it is, like down to its bare bones. Um. So my final question to you is, if you could give advice to your 15-year-old self, what would it be? It would be not to care so much about what people think about you. Because I think that if I, was, if I wasn't so shy and I didn't care so much about maybe looking stupid while learning something in front of people, that I probably would have tried to play music a lot earlier in life. And I kind of feel like I'm 
behind in the game because I started like in my mid twenties. <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty solid advice as far as like, just don't care what other people think or say. Cause I mean, like people are always going to have an opinion no matter what age or, you know, age, like phase you are in life. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any other questions for you unless you had any final words or any shout outs you wanted to give. Um, I guess shout out, a shout out to all my friends back in LA. I love them and I miss them. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. I truly appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to hear what other songs you're going to come out with. Because again, you do post pretty regularly on Instagram. So again, for the listeners, I'll be tagging your Instagram, if that's okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, into the description of this episode, because you have something there. It's, it's good music. Thank you. And it's incredibly heartfelt. And again, it's something that I can listen to over and over again. So whoever's listening gives Ochi a follow. You won't regret it. Um, thank, you. So, thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. Right. The door's always open, so if you ever want to come back. <laughs> I'll come a knocking. <laughs> Sweet. All right, so until next week, guys, thanks for tuning in.